us, we begin to draw a little closer to God. We begin to draw a little bit more intimate with his presence. We begin to be a little bit more sensitive to his spirit when he starts speaking to us, when he starts saying, don't do it. I'm trying to tell you, don't do it. You know what happened last time. Prayer and fasting, that's what God does for us. He, as we die, as we decrease, the Bible says he begins to increase. He begins to be more in our lives. He begins to be Lord of our lives. He begins to be the master and our savior. He begins to be the one that we keep as the center of our lives. He sends us a precious, precious Holy Spirit. We're not destined for, for doom. We're not destined to hell. We got a helper. We got the best right here. He's here right now. And his name, you want to know what his name is? He's got a couple of names. His name is Holy Spirit. And if you don't know the Holy Spirit, I pray today you get to know him because he is good, let me tell you. He is awesome. He is all that in a bag of chips and some salsa. He is all that. And his name is Helper. His name is Comforter. His name is Teacher. His name is all that and I am. He is the God God's spirit. He's the one that when God ascended, Jesus ascended to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit. And that means that we're not destined for doom. That means that as we walk through this world, as the trials of life come against us or we go through it a little bit or, you know, we go through some hard hits, ooh, 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 the Holy Spirit is able to say, I'm going to help you through this. I'm going to allow you to understand God's mind today. I'm going to speak what God gives me into your life. That's heavy. I don't know if some of you guys have ever heard the Spirit of God speak to you, but boy, it's a hashtag boom. It's a, you know, I don't know how to explain it. It's so powerful and so awesome. But he sends his Holy Spirit to help us. And so as we keep our eyes on Jesus, as we read the word, as we stay in touch with his presence, the Spirit of God is able to dwell amongst us. The Spirit of God is able to dwell in us. And as we walk, not, not any longer in the flesh, we're able to walk in the Spirit. That as we war in this flesh, we have the choice to say, I'm going to die to this flesh and walk in his power. The Bible says that we are enticed by sin. When we say enticed, well, what does entice mean? It means to entrap, to allure, to, you know, Man, she deceived me. Oh, man, I, I was tricked. I was tricked. And so here it talks about when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. And so when, you know, as we walk through this world, you know, there's a lot of enticing going on. There's a lot of sin that, you know, is in our face. And I don't mean the sin that's like right there, boom, in your face, like I'm going to drink. But I mean sin when, like, my husband was preaching about anger, you know, lusting after things or coveting your neighbors, whatever they may have, their wife. I don't know. Their house, their things, their materialistic things. You know, our attitudes. Our attitudes could be real ugly at times. And, you know, God is trying to deal with this and tell us, you, you know what, you need to change that attitude. You need to change it from an ungrateful attitude to a grateful attitude. Because how many of us know that sometimes, you know, we don't see sin. Sometimes, like, the Pharisees, they look holy and they look like they got it all together, but inside they're dirty as can be. They're unclean as, you know, as anything unclean on this earth could be. And so, you know, we got to make sure that we're right in the things of God, that we make sure that we're wa walking 
right before the Lord, living right according to his word. And, you know, it's not easy. All of us have been tempted. All of us have come to a place of falling short of the glory of God. All of us have been tempted and we failed the test. All of us have gone through some things in our marriages and we just want to, you know, knock out our, you know, our spouse thinking that we're all that and we can't. You know, we've had some arguments. We've fallen short of some things here. I'm just being transparent here because I'm not perfect up here, so I'm going to be vulnerable and transparent with you this morning. I live a victorious life, but trust me, I go through it sometimes. And I feel sometimes like, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to endure this temptation. I don't know if I'm able to, you know, pass this test, God, because this is a pretty heavy one. I don't know because my attitude is not so right right now about this test. And so, you know, we got to make sure that when these trials of life come to us, that even though we might not be right when it happens, but when we put ourselves and dive ourselves into the word, we're able to correct it. We're able to think first, be still first, hold our tongue first, be quick to listen and slow to speak first. Because there's nothing that good that produces from it. There's nothing good that comes from it. When lust conceives, whatever that lust of life, the pride of life is, when lust conceives, it gives birth to sin. But before I talk about the birth of sin, I want to talk about the conceiving part. And how many of us know that, you know, when you hear the word conceive, I can't help but to think of the word intimacy. And when I think of intimacy, who else better to think of besides God is my husband. And if you see these four kids running around, it was because my husband and I decided to get intimate with each other. But when I talk about intimacy, I'm keeping it real this morning because some of you guys got intimate last night. But when I talk about this intimacy, I don't talk about the actual act of sex. I talk about the intimacy that takes place before the sexual part. I'm talking about the inti intimacy that says, dang, baby, you look good today. Let's have a date. The flirting part. <clears throat> The intimacy that says, wow, I want to get to know what's in your heart today, babe. I want to know what you're thinking about today. I want to know what is in your heart and what are you planning? What do you love? What do you like? Paying attention a little bit. Saying, mm, I just want to listen to you. I want to be like, you know, Mary at the feet of Jesus. Just want to hear you out. Come on, somebody. Don't you do that? Ooh, sometimes I just, whoa, when I listen to my husband, I'm like, mm, keep talking. Just, just be quiet. Just Listen to him, Chell. Listen to him. Because mm. I want to get intimate. I want to know those personal things about who that man is. I want to be able to make him smile. When nobody else can, I can do it. I want to be able to fill his ego up and tell him, mm, you are mighty. You are powerful. I want to be able to know that I can touch and move that man that nobody else can. No way other. No other way that nobody else can do. And as we get intimate, something begins to happen. There's an intimacy that takes place, and you begin to get familiar. You begin to build a relationship, a close one, that nobody else can touch, that nobody else can get in the way of. But what I'm referring to here is how many of us have been tempted to be intimate with that sin. Where we've been getting intimate with that computer. 
And we have no business tapping, click, 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 click on that site. Or when we're getting intimate with things that are not of God, with the false doctrines of this world, with the movement of darkness, with witchcraft, trying to mingle it into our Christianity when you know it's not right. And I call it out because it happens. You know, getting intimate with the lust of the flesh, getting intimate with the lust of the eyes, and we start getting, you know, infatuated with how much money this person has or how many cars and houses this star has on, you know, e-entertainment television and how this star has all this money and how they're able to do all this stuff. And the media constantly puts it into our face and, oh, million-dollar listing and, oh, man, I wish I had money like them, God, because then I would be happy. How we can let the television become our intimate partner. How we can become so familiar with more of the media and more of the shows and more of, you know, music and how music can speak into our lives and how there's demonic messages behind that worldly music. And anything that doesn't give God the glory, who do you think it gives it to? Some of us, we think, well, I just like the beat, you know. I just, you know, Connie and Ray no understand. They understand. I just like the beat. I'm just Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh. But there's a message behind that beat. Oh, Ray knows. Yeah, Ray knows. He be rapping it with me. Come on, Ray. What, what, what? And that's the youth. But some of us oldies over here, come on. Come on. We think, ooh, I like that salsa. Ooh, bitty, bitty, bum, bum. Bitty, 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 bum, bum. Bitty, 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 bum, bum. Woo! Some of us we like to get down. You go in your car and you're like, that music is not from God, let me tell you. It's not from God. But these are the things that we begin to get intimate with. These are the things that we allow to bring compromise into our lives. And so, you know, as we begin to compromise and we begin to get intimate as we begin to adorn and, and love on this sin and, you know, embrace it. You know, we begin to get further from God. And then we begin to have a less hunger for the word of God. And then it becomes an option to pray. It becomes an option. I sound like I'm from New York, huh? It becomes, it becomes an option to, hmm, I don't know if I want to hang out with the life groups tonight. I feel like going home and smoking some weed. <laughs> what, what? I feel like going home and uh, I'm just going to put on whatever that feeds my soul. And as we begin to depart from God, we begin to feel like we have to hide from God. Like Adam and Eve. They didn't know that they were in sin. Or wait, they did know that they were in sin. They didn't know that being naked was a sin. Or not even a sin, but it wasn't okay anymore. But they hid from God because they knew they were naked. And that's what sin does in our lives. We begin to hide from God because 
we're doing something that we shouldn't be doing. Because we're in the bushes because something happened here that separated us from God. And so as lust conceives, it gives birth to sin. And when I think of this word, if there's anybody that I need to be intimate with, it needs to be God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. There's a trinity that longs for us, that wants us to know him. There's an intimacy that God has called us to have with him and only him. To know him in a personal way. To know him in a place of familiarity, but not too familiar where we don't want God anymore. And so as this, as when, as this sin, you know, is birth, it brings death. And we got to make sure that when this sin begins to knock at our door, we don't become intimate. Because as my children were made in that quiet and special room, holy as can be, something happened to me. And there was a seed planted in me. And in those months to come, there was something precious growing in my stomach. And as it grew in my stomach, people began to see it. People began to say, hey, Chell, you're gaining a couple of pounds there. What's going on? Hey, Chell, your belly's starting to look bigger. Hey, Chell, you're walking a little funny now. Because that's how I walked when I had babies in my belly. For all those mommies, this is how you walk, right? There's something precious inside of us. And it's the same way that when we begin to be intimate with that sin, it's like there's something placed inside of us, and the sin begins to be seen. There's sin that becomes evident, not just to our lives, but to those who are watching us. That when they begin to see us walking in the church, they're trying to figure out, I don't know what's wrong with them. Something's just different. And I don't mean the different, like, man, they're on fire, but different, like, man, what's going on with them? I'm a little concerned. Because when we begin to compromise and play with the things of, you know, the enemy, and we begin to sin and play around with the, you know, with darkness and the things that we shouldn't be playing with, believe me, it's no secret to us. It's no secret to anybody else. It begins to become evident. People begin to see it. You can't hide it anymore because you know why? You begin to see it on your face. We begin to see what's happening to our demeanor. We begin to see what happens to our actions. People can tell when we're not right. People can tell when we don't want to be around the people of God, something's wrong. When we don't want to hear the word of God, something's happening in our lives. It becomes evident. Sin becomes evident. And as you know, as that sin begins to grow, it says that it gives birth. And when women, when we give birth, it hurts. Wow. I get, I got epidural all the four times. I am not pain tolerant. I am a sissy lala when it comes to pain. I can't handle it. Just give me the needle, put it in my back, I'll be okay. But when you begin to have those birth pains, I went up to seven centimeters, so I do know what pain is birth labor. And I remember as that pain began to increase, oh man, I began to cry. 
I begin to squeeze my husband's hand and, you know, dig my nails into his hands because I wanted him to know the pain I was feeling. I wanted him to make sure that he knew it was because of him that I'm having this baby right now. He needed to know, you better have some compassion on this one, baby, because it's all your fault here. And so as I begin to push, I begin to say, oh, God, this hurts. I can't do this. Oh, God, I can't handle this. God, why me? That's what happens. You begin to give birth to sin, and you're like, God, why did I fall with that woman? Why, God, I should have never fell for ugly Betty. Oh, God, I should have never fell for Donald Duck. Oh, God, I should have never fell for them. God, why? (laughs) It's funny. Let me tell you, when you're in that place, it's not funny anymore. There begins to be a birth that, conceived, that was conceived because of temptation, because we failed to fall at the feet of Jesus, and instead we look to that sin to see maybe it'll comfort us. Maybe it'll be good for a season. Maybe it'll give me something that I'm not getting in this church. Maybe it'll help me get my, you know, my problems away. Maybe it'll help me get over this situation in my life. And really God is saying, when you feel tempted, when you go through the trials of life, I promise you, I'm going to give you a reward for it, but you've got to go through this trial first so that I can count you worthy because anything of value there's got to be a price anything that is expensive you've got to pay a price for it nothing is free in life except salvation but as we serve God there's a price there's a price to be made and as God says I'm going to give you the crown of life I'm going to give you eternal life with me but first you must overcome the temptations but first let me build character in you but first I want to do something in your life you may not understand it at that time but I'm going to do something mighty through you but I need to see that you're worthy to be trusted and so as this sin oh God begins to be birthed We have nobody to blame. We have God to say, forgive me. We have the devil to just say, get out of my face. It's a time where we got to say, God, this was my fault. Or my attitude. I'm so selfish. I'm a lover of self. God, I'm a lover of money, and that's why I am where I am in debt. Because I didn't give my first fruits. When I didn't give my tithes, God... The curse is upon me because I did it. Nobody else did it for us. We did it. When sin is conceived, it it gives birth to sin. This is the part when it gets to be more of a struggle. Because it begins to subtract the quality of life in our lives. We get a step further from God a step further from the call of God, we get a step further from living the abundance. Forget the American dream. God is the dream, the abundance of God. Sin never adds quality to our lives, but it can kill, steal, and destroy the very plan that God has for us. 
Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. Proverbs 14.12, there is a way which seems right. It seems right. She is kind of cute. Well, she does come on, you know, to church once a month. Well, you know, I do see him giving every now and then. Well, he did get into a fight last week, but today he's on fire for God. Well, ugly Betty, you know, she looks okay today. Oh, man, he's fine. He looks good in that suit. Mm. I know he has a girlfriend outside of the church, but, you know, I may be the one. There is a way which seems right to man. Well, God, I don't have any money to pay my rent. God, I don't, you know, I'm struggling right now. I don't think I could give this to you. And God is saying, just give it to me. I'm just trying to bless you. Just give it to me. I want to bless you. I've got it right here. I'm just, just give me the $5 and I'll give you 500 back. Just do it. And we're saying, but God, it's my only little $5. And then we can't pay our rent because we didn't do what we were supposed to do. I have testimony after testimony after testimony, my husband and I, and even when I was, uh, I was single, a testimony of how God just gave me money, but not because I was like, yeah, I'm all that, even though I, was, I am anointed, but <laughs> I was walking around like, yeah, God, I'm all that. You know why? Because I gave to you. Because when you asked me to give you my first fruits, I gave them to you because you always had them in the first place. They always belong to him. I have testimonies of $3,000 bringing, you know, giving it to me in one day. I needed $3,000 in one day, 24 hours for the ministry. And I was challenged, Chella, you need to get $3,000 within 24 hours, and I need you to pray and fast and figure out how you're going to get it. $3,000. And so I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to take this challenge. I don't have a, you know, a dime in my pocket. I'm in full-time ministry. But you know what? I'm going to believe, God, that some way supernaturally, miraculously, you're going to bring me that $3,000 to, you know, fulfill that pledge for that $3,000 for the need. And so as I begin to pray and fast, I begin to tell God, God, you know what? I gave you my first fruits. I was faithful in my tithes and in my offering. I was faithful. When you told me to give, I gave. When you told me to, you know, surrender whatever it was, I surrendered. So, Lord, I'm standing on your word because you said that if I bring my tithes and my offering into the storehouse, you said that you would open up the windows of heaven. The windows of heaven. You said that you would open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that I can't contain, that when you get so much stuff, you're like, oh, my God, I can't handle all this stuff. I need help carrying these bags. Ever had such a blessing like that? Ever been so consumed with gratitude because somebody blessed you? Ever been so overwhelmed by the giving of somebody that you didn't know what to do? You were just so humbled and you were just so grateful. You were just so broken. Well, that's the way God is because when we begin to give to God, when we give to God, God says, I've got a blessing and I'm going to pour it out. I'm going to give it to you from the windows of heaven. I'm going to pour it out that you can't even contain it, that not even your jacket can hold it in. Your buttons are going to be popping, pop, locking, popping. That's the blessings of God. And so as I prayed, I said, God, Lord, I've been faithful. I've been faithful. And as I began to tell God, Lord, I've been faithful. 
the Lord said, yeah, 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 I know that you've been faithful. Now you need to rebuke the devourer from your finances. Rebuke him from taking your blessing. And I was like, whoa, okay, I'll do that. And I just started, you know, pining the enemy and, you know, you know, speaking life over the blessing and telling the enemy he had no place in my finances and reminding him that I was the chosen, that I was the anointed, that I was called by God, that I am a child of God. And as I began to tell the enemy and rebuke the devourer for my finances, guess what happened? Guess what happened? 24 hours later, or not even 24 hours, it was like 17 hours later, a little old Mexican lady, oh, meha, how are you? I was in the office, and I said, oh, just pray for me. Well, why, Miha? And I said, well, you know, I've, I've been challenged, and i got to get, you know, some finances to, you know, take care of the ministry, and I'm believing God for this. And she goes, oh, Miha, oh, that's so nice. Maybe that's why God gave me this money. And I said, well, well, what money? She's like, oh, I got some money. And I said, oh, great. And this woman was not rich. This woman was like the woman with the two mites. Everything that she has, she gave with all her heart. And God honored it. And so the Lord blessed her, and she began to write me a check. And so I be, she's like, I'll give you three. And I said, oh, my God, 300. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, my God, 2,700 more to go. Okay, what am I going to do? And as she began to write the check, she began to put Chella, Taub at that time because I was single. And she began to, I want to make sure it was in my name because I needed to make sure I could cash it. And so as she began to write the check, she put three, zero, zero, and here I am satisfied. Oh, 300, wow, 2,700 more to go. Yeah, God. And she put another three. $3,000 in less than 24 hours. Now, when we stand on the word of God, when we abide in God, God blesses us. God takes care of us. And as I stood on that scripture, I was able to take that $3,000 check, cash it, and introduce it for the ministry and say, here's the need that was needed right now. I was able to say, my God is my provider. I am able to say that my God is the God who takes care of me. I am able to say that when we abide in the word of God, when we are obedient and we do what is right in the sight of God, God is going to take care of us. God is going to meet our need. God is going to help us in the trial of life. God is going to help us when we're not able to understand what's going on in our lives. Why share that? I can't even tell you, but I know it was God. But when God gives us the opportunity to do what is right, it's up to us. It says there is a way which seems right to man. But in the end, the way is always death. And when we begin to be tempted and we entertain it, and we become intimate with it. We conceive something. And then as we push it out, oh, God, it hurts. It becomes evident. Not just evident to us, because we think that as we're in our room, nobody can see. But it becomes evident to all. That when I have my child, Mariah, I rolled in with my, with my product of nine months. Here it is, my baby. 
And it's the same thing. We give birth. Oh, God. And it's evident. Because I lusted after the flesh. Because I lusted with my eyes. Because the pride of life got the best of me. And I know that we've been going through some temptations and some hardships here. Because God says that we will go through many hardships before we enter into the kingdom of God. But he doesn't make it impossible. He never makes it impossible. And what, a lo- what I love about God is that he's called us to be overcomers. How many of us believe that you're called to be an overcomer? I know that I'm an overcomer of this world. I know that I'm an overcomer of temptation. And early in the scripture, he promises for the crown of life. He promises that if you're good, I'm going to bless you. That if you just listen to my word, if you just obey what I'm trying to tell you, there's a reward in heaven that I'm going to give you. There's a reward that is infinite that we can't even comprehend right now. It's our job to love God and to submit to him. But not only submitting to God, but submitting to his will. Submitting to his word and submitting to the leadership that God has placed over us. The Bible says that he has given shepherds over us according to his heart that will lead us and guide us, that will give us wisdom, that will teach us, that will direct us, that will rebuke us, that will challenge us, that will, you know, uh, rebuke us again, that will correct us. And it's our job to be able to respond to that and say, you know what, I needed that. You know what, I needed to be corrected. You know what, I needed to be called on, out on that because I don't want to, you know, go on that road that leads to death. I needed to be, you know, this situation needed to be brought up because I didn't know how else to bring it out. I'm glad you dealt with me. And so God has called us, yes, to endure. Yes, to go under the test because it's a test. Trust me, when we get tested, when this temptation comes, the temptation is not the sin. It's the action that, we, that follows after it. And so it's up to us to say, am I going to, you know, fall under, to the, under this temptation? Am I going to submit my flesh to this temptation? Or am I going to be able to say, no, God, your word says that I'm an overcomer. No, God, I'm going to be held accountable to my leader. No, God, your word says that if I confess my sins to my brother or my sister, to one another, then I will be healed. No, God, your word says that in a multitude of counsel, there's safety. And so as we submit to God, to his will, and to the overseers of our soul, which are the authorities, there's a shield that protects us. There's a guard that allows us to say, "Uh uh-uh, don't you open that door to sin. I love how the word of God, 1 Corinthians says, 10, 13, no temptation has, no temptation has overtaken you except such as as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So the promises are true. The promises are clear. When God says, Lord, you won't give me more than what I can't handle, it's true. So when the pain seems unbearable, when the temptation feels like, I don't know if I can handle it, God says, no. Jesus was tempted, and he overcame it, and he is perfect. He is sinless. And so we have somebody that has paved the way for us. 
we are able to overcome the sin, the temptation. We are able to say, hey, I got an A on the test. Because some of us, we weren't real smart at school. Some of us, we were like flunkies, F, F, F history, F English, F Spanish, F arts, F PE, F detention. Whoa, a lot of Fs there. If you can F a detention, whoa, what's going on here? But God has given us the spirit of an overcomer. God has given us the spirit to help us that we are more than conquerors in Christ. And as we are more than conquerors in Christ, that means that there's an enemy under our feet, that no longer are we held captive, no longer are we alert, no longer are we, you know, in bondage to the things of the world, to the enemy, not even to our flesh, but as we trust God, as we put our hands and our lives in, in God's hands, as we read the word, as we saturate ourselves in prayer, as we get close to the body of Christ, as we begin to have break bread and fellowship with our brethren and our sisters, we begin to, you know, excel. There begins to be quality that adds to our life. There begins to be an anointing. There begins to be that confidence. There begins to be that testimony that other people can follow. There begins to be that, you know, that swag walk that, you know what, I've been through some trials, but you know what, come here, let me minister to you. There begins to be a testimony that other people are able to say, I want to be like you because I know that you've been through some things, but you made it out somehow. I want to be able to be like you. And so today, people, today, church, I want to bring you hope. I want to bring you hope the way that God gave us hope. That no sin can overcome us and take us out unless we choose to. And if you know that you've been getting tempted, if you know that you've been feeling weak, if you know that, you know, I don't know if I can make it this way if you've been feeling that way, I want to bring hope to you today that sin has not overcome us. We choose of what we're going to do with this temptation, with this trial of life. I want to encourage you today that there's a God that already did it for us 2,000 years ago. He took the sin. He nailed it. He condemned it. He died for us. He resurrected, and now he lives forever. I want to encourage you today that as we fix our eyes on God, as we stay focused and when, I, when you focus, you're like, look at me when I'm talking to you, son. Right, mamas? When you look at each other, you're fixed. Look at your neighbor and fix your eyes on them right now. And I mean fixed, like give them the eyes. You're fixed. Some of you guys want to get intimate right now. But your eyes are fixed. And so how many of us ever seen... Dog, uh, not dog the bounty hunter, but the, that guy who trains the dogs. Dog whisperer. Come on, somebody. Somebody's been watching Dog Whisperer. She, ooh, I'm being used by God. It's Dog Whisperer. Yeah, that's it. Right? Dog Whisperer. When you watch that, you got to watch it because it's real interesting. But the way that this man, you know, works with dogs, he can speak their language. He's all, okay, what he said was, don't pull his collar like that because he hates it. Yeah, that's what he said. He's really great, really amazing. I mean, my God, this man can get on all fours and, you know, talk to the dogs and 
they just have this chemistry. They have this connection. They have an intimacy. And so, you know, people go to him because they're like, oh, you know, I need your help. I can't, you know, control my dog. They're off the hook. They're jumping everywhere. They're biting people. They're running off, running away. And so as you watch him, there's something that he does that keeps the authority over these dogs. And as he begins to train them and teach these dogs, the way that he keeps the dog's attention is by fixing his eyes on that dog. And the dog, as the dog begins to fix his eyes on the trainer, the dog begins to submit. (laughs) (laughs) And the dog whisperer says, no, look at me. And as the dog whisperer looks at the dog, he begins to train him. Sit, stand up, roll over, uh, don't do that, look at me, look at me. And as he trains the dogs, the, the, the dog begins to, okay, I'm gonna focus on the dog trainer here, dog whisperer. And the dog begins to stay more focused because then he begins to understand that he's under an authority. He begins to realize that this man is trying to teach me something. And as he begins to submit under that authority, he begins to respect the authority. And when you respect that authority, you begin to submit and say yes. You begin to say no. The Bible says to flee from youthful lust. I'm going to run. You begin to say, okay, I'm going to submit under these leaders because, Lord, you said that you place them over my life. The word of God says it. I'm going to obey the laws of the land because that's what your word says. I'm not going to run through this traffic light. Because we stay focused and fixed on Jesus. And as we stay focused and fixed on Jesus, we're able to live a life of a conqueror. We're able to live a life of an overcomer. We're able to allow the sin that tries to tempt us, these desires of our lust, no longer have a hold of us. But we're able to say, no. I'm not that old person anymore. No, I'm not going to look at ugly Betty and Donald Duck over there. Your spirit begins to say, no, you're going to do what God has called you to do. No, you're able to overcome this grief. No, you're able to overcome this desire of the flesh. No, you're able to turn that pornography away and you don't have to struggle with it anymore. No, you're able to turn away that anger and begin to give a soft answer instead. When you begin to die to self, when you begin to submit to the things of God, you begin to prosper and add quality to your life. And I know that I'm serving God as I say I'm a Christian. When I say I'm a Jesus freak, I want people to say that you are for real. You do have Jesus in you. Well, I want to serve God with you. When people see struggling Christians, when people see, you know, when the world sees a Christian that is compromising, when the world sees a Christian that doesn't have the character of God, like Brother Greg said this Wednesday, don't be a Christian that bursts, that creates, that produces more atheists. We've got a testimony to uphold. We've got a calling over our lives that can't be compromised. We've got a calling that is priceless. And I want to encourage you today as the piano player comes that if you're struggling, if you know that sin is knocking at your door and you're feeling that urge to open it, I'm letting you know today, don't 
do it. If somebody keeps calling you and bugging you because you're starting to look good and act right, change your number. Don't even delete the number. Don't even decline it. Change the number and get a new phone with that. When that sin begins to knock at your door, I want to remind you that God has made a way of escape that it's, it's bearable. That when you feel like, oh God, something's tugging me, God is saying, no, I've made a way of escape. We don't have to fall under that sin. We don't have to submit under the wrongdoing of our flesh. Sometimes it's not even the enemy's fault, but they're the issues of our life. There are issues in our heart that God is saying, I want to change you. I want to better you. I want to see you become an overcomer because I have a crown that I want to present to you. That when you enter into my kingdom, here it is. But as we live here on this earth, we've got to learn how to trust God. Trust God and not lean on our own understanding. Trust God to say, Lord, my life is in your hands and today's not an easy one, Lord. I've been fighting with my husband and God, I just, I'm so discouraged. Or you've been feeling depressed and depression is overtaking you and you just feel like, man, God, I just feel so hopeless. Or this, you know, sin, whatever it is, anything that doesn't lead us to God, it's not good. If you know something has been taking you away or distancing yourself from God, Today's the day to make it right. Today's the day to correct what has been wrong. Today's the day to say, I'm more than a conqueror today, God. I'm more. I'm more today in you than I was yesterday. And as you stand up, I don't want you to be shy. I want you to come to this altar and I don't want you just to come here and do a repetitious prayer and then you walk back the same. But I want you to begin to hold on to the horns of the altar and begin to ask God, Lord, forgive me. I repent of my sin if I have fallen short against you, God. I repent of my sinful ways that I have submitted to, Lord. I want to be right before you, Lord. God, I've been getting tempted, Lord, and it's been hard. God, help me today. It's your cross that gives me the strength. It's your cross.